Hey, welcome back to the Trainers Lab podcast. My name is Ms. Bahak, and I am here today with Blake Scheidt. This is the show where we dissect the elements of remote coaching. So if you are a trainer that is coaching full-time in person, or you are transitioning your way online, or you're trying to do a hybrid version of it, we like to break down the practices and things that we've tested with each of our rosters and what works, what doesn't, and hopefully we can save you some time in, in doing so. One of the things that we wanted to knock out today is if you have ever entered the world of weightlifting, specifically Olympic-styled weightlifting, or even CrossFit, I would say, like in CrossFit gyms, you've seen these blocks, maybe they're rogue blocks or just wooden blocks that are like four or five of them stacked up on, on each side, and nobody ever touches them, right? It's like very few people ever go over to that area unless you're in like a very heavy weightlifting-oriented gym. And so we want to break down the uses of that today, especially because Blake has been, I've been programming it for Blake in some of his Olympic weightlifting work. And I feel like there's some very practical uses that you could take, even if you're not competing in Olympic weightlifting and things like that. You hopefully you can take some programming principles with you that we've extracted from this. What do you think about that, Blake? Yeah, I think, I think it's always fun as trainers to think about different tools inside the gym and how you can use them, how to best use them. Like for me personally, I trained the last two years for bodybuilding. And so for me, it was just fun. I'm not training to compete in anything. I just wanted to express my fitness through some ollie lifts. And so we've been doing that the last several months and we're going to continue to do that for a while. But yeah, getting used to blocks is a really fun tool. And I think for me personally, and I and maybe you can experience this too, like it allows me to feel like I can go heavier on some certain things and get some repetitions in there versus if I went too heavy, I didn't have the blocks and I miss, then you're thinking about cleaning it back up or and just the time of that and just you have to effort too. Off. Huh? It drains the juice in your battery when oh, you've got yeah. to clean up heavy weights or take the wheels and donuts off and lift it back up or ask somebody to pause what they're doing to help you take it back up. It's just... It is a lot. I see what you're saying there. And I think there's a couple specific movements. I'm curious, have you noticed what movements specifically have you found you can push yourself on weights-wise with using blocks? Wow, definitely jerks and overhead squats. So okay. typically, I wouldn't go that heavy on an overhead squat, but I probably push it more like 85% today. And the reason I could do that was because like, if I maneuver it a little bit wrong and it drops, it feels like it's a five seconds rest, get it back and then push it right back up and finish kind of thing. And so it gives you an opportunity to continue to work on your stabilizing muscles versus if I had dropped it on the ground at that weight, I'd have to clean it back up, rack it, and then get back underneath it. And it would just take so much more time. Totally. Technique would drop off, all those kinds of things versus I missed one on an overhead squat today. I had, I think I had four or five sets today five reps and I got three, dropped it and then took five seconds, hit another two to finish out my five reps. And then the next time I kept it that same weight and hit all five, but it was good to have that practice of, because when you drop, you're only dropping to right shoulders, a little bit lower than shoulders height. So that kind of right there just gives you the op opportunity to practice a little bit more and also be a little bit more risky. So that's why I enjoyed them, but I've never worked with like foam pads. Have you done foam? They're like, boxes, yeah, but for our viewers, they're nice. That was one thing I was going to highlight with these blocks. The reason the wooden blocks, a lot of people don't even go near them is because it's such a chore to set it up sometimes. And if you're like oh. 
I'm yeah. small. Like I'm a little, it took my whole body wrapped around this thing to pick one thing on it. It weighs a lot if they're homemade, like at our gym, it was home crafted and stuff. So it's like, it, it, it people just avoid it altogether. The right. foam pads allow you to actually, or at least for me, it felt like, oh, I could set this up in my home and my garage, not in my home, but like, I, it feels very portable. I can take this with me versus the blocks are really fixed where they are. You can move around in the gym a lot easier that way. I'll share one thing that I went to this one gym where there was like a lawsuit that they were going through with. And it, somehow I've worked with a couple gyms where they've had lawsuits going on with like their neighbors or around like the noise and all that. And the way they avoided that, obviously, because jerk blocks are wooden and there's like a thing on top that still is loud when it comes down. Right. Oh, yeah. So you could lift off of the blocks at this gym, but you had to drop onto foam pads. So the, there were low foam pads. It wasn't like the high ones, but it basically dampened a bunch of the sound and it was quiet. It was quiet. So it was yeah. like jumping into a foam ball pit. I, if I got to use the higher ones, that would be, yeah, that'd be cool. But I do think that if I was to give a couple more movements, because I have dropped a barbell on myself like 165 pounds in the bottom of a snatch like it's come Ooh. straight down and scarred me for a couple months the next competition was a little tougher then it's okay you get over it and i will say from a training perspective i couldn't break a certain number with the snatch because i just couldn't train like a little bit heavier in a way that mm. felt like i could I, I could safely do it versus with blocks let's talk about even push presses and strict presses and forget like this ollie work. Let's talk about some of the strength work, upper body strength work that you could be doing that even holds, man. So something that I really love, and I have this in your programming this week, you might've seen it, is doing like 110% of your like split jerk. jerk. Dip. Yeah, doing jerk dips. And honestly, just front rack hold. So take your front squat, for example, do 102% of that front squat, and you literally just hold it right? Trying to hold 15 seconds without wiggling and breaking down. And mm -hmm. that is good for postural endurance, I found. But taking that off of the rack, it's I know it's one step or two steps, but at 110%, like you don't want too much room for error. And it just feels nice when you can lift up and then just drop forward or backwards, you can release. So the PR, I will share this like a couple years after I stopped competing in weightlifting, like my competition highs but it was probably 235 clean and jerk, right? And in after competing, like just training a little bit of bodybuilding, a little bit of conditioning, a little bit of Olympic weightlifting again, light weights too, nothing crazy. Then it comes time to test it out. And off of the blocks, I hit 285 and wow. it fell butter. There's still video of it. Like I probably had 295 in the tank. I just, I had more to do that day, like other stuff, but being able to use the blocks gave me huge confidence in attempting those weights. And like you said, I had more to dedicate towards those singles, both in training and in testing, because you just, it takes up energy, even though you're like, oh, it's not a big deal. Let me clean it back up and put it up. And people are watching you. So there's a little bit of adrenaline, but it, it's taken juice away 2% at a time. That's what I would say. It's if you have the opportunity to use it, if you have a partner or somebody like that, that you can do it with, that helps to set it up initially. We didn't even touch today on how you can use it for like when I started with using it for Olympic weightlifting, snatch off low blocks, right? Like above the knee. And yeah. those were the most awkward, weird things to get used to 
and you were like, man, is this really worth it? I don't know. And it's, if you're in that zone, like we'll experiment that with you, Blake, in the next yes. couple of weeks and you can share your thoughts on it. But for now, you've probably seen any block work I've given you is all like strength work totally. or something to replicate speed in a safer way and things like that. Like avoiding, I can't tell you the amount of times I've popped something a little bit and some of my clients have when you bring 300 pounds down or like lands the wrong way or something coming from the top or 250 pounds or whatever. Any chance that you can save yourself there of like unnecessary force coming down, it's like, oh, yeah. why not? Especially on overhead squats. That's like the scariest. You got to, yeah, weightlifting, you have a good idea of bar path. You can, I had a very good sense of where things were, but at heavy weights, I don't even like the idea of, oh, my neck is forward, like turtlenecking out and like it coming down on my bone. It just scared me. Yeah, that's what I would say there. Any thoughts on what you've taken away and what you would share with other coaches or trainers who might be thinking of playing around with it? Totally. I think it's a great way to to give someone a little bit more confidence as they feel out where they can bail and drop the bar. But also, like today, even, and we've been practicing some of this for the last couple of weeks, but just being able to make attempts at things that I wouldn't normally want to make attempts at because you're going to probably miss one or two. Like you can get a lot more repetitions. Like last, it was like a week or two ago, we we're looking for a heavy one rep, split jerk, right? So I went for a couple heavy lifts that I missed maybe the first two, three times, but was close watching myself, working on my technique, trying to reassess some punching and where I'm losing force or not dropping under the bar fast enough. And so you can like record and see those things and then attempt them again from the blocks. Like if I had to bring it back down here each time, right. And then rack it, that would waste so much more energy. Versus like just letting it go and if I've lost it, it was too far forward. Now it's coming down onto the box, step back. So you're saving a lot of energy, like you mentioned earlier. And then like, you just feel, you feel like you can send it just a little bit more because you feel like you got that safety net right there. And so it just gives you an opportunity to work a little bit heavier, get a little stronger and then build that confidence. Cause a lot of ollie lifting in my experience is, is a lot of conversations in your head and psychological, like yeah. it's a little bit more risky than other lifts. So you're thinking like, I'm literally going to throw something really heavy over top of my head. And if I don't lock this out, right, or have a great straight enough far path, like it could come down and I got to make sure I can get out of the way. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that. And you want to make sure that you're not like underachieving or your clients underachieving because yep. they're too scared. 100%. And final note here, like why that coming down is so taxing. Think about you did strict press, push press, and you did split jerk in one session. Eccentric work, right? Coming down is where the damage is done, right? So concentric is where a lot of weightlifting lives. It's explosive. It's boom, let's push, let's hold isometric. But anything that comes down, this is where it's good for bodybuilding and stuff, right? Where you're like, let's do some damage so we can build back up. But when you're trying to save some energy, you're trying to get 10 reps above 80% of these working weights of your clean and jerk maybe, right? It helps to save that eccentric damage for a little bit later even in the session. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's train, train the other tempo, strict presses or whatever you want to, but do it after you do some of this speed work. I hope this helps. If anybody has any follow-up questions on this, definitely hit us up. We love to hear from you. And remember, check out trainerslab.io for more free tools to help you on your remote coaching journey. Anything else, Blake, before we sign off? 
yeah, we'll link in the on this like kind of the different foam pads you can use if we'll so a couple different ones and then we can do like some blocks that you can check out but this I like is that. Just, we just want to do some short podcasts on helping you guys experiment with some new tools how to coach them how to think about them for your own training and yeah and how to use them to the best of your ability love it thanks for hanging out and we'll talk to you next time